Brother Jonathan. Amen. Well, if you got a copy of God's Word, turn with me to the Old Testament, to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 29 this morning. And um, as you turn in there, we're just going to read one verse in 1 Chronicles. There's one other place we'll need to turn to today if you come that way and want to mark it, and it'll be in Malachi. But I'm going to be honest, I've been praying, and I really think I got a word from God. I mean, it's really gave me peace and excited me and just encouraged me. It's not a message that I usually seek to preach. I'm not looking. I've been here in February, it'll be three years. This is the second time I've preached a message specifically on God's principles of our finances as a Christian. I don't like to preach it, and I'll be glad when we get all this settled and we move to the back where we can get back to preaching on what I love, soul winning, discipleship, how to follow Jesus. But you know, following Jesus is also involves what we do with what God blesses us with. And I know this morning that the big question on our mind is how do we pay for the transition to the multipurpose building? And we voted, six people didn't want to go, but everybody else said yes. This morning we're going to find out if we really think we heard from God or we've just been listening to preacher talk. We're going to find out what we really want to do. Because the question of how do we pay for it, I got good news and I got bad news. After studying this week, God showed me the money is already here. He already gave it to us. But the bad news is he's waiting to see if we're going to give it back. So that he can do what he wants to do with his church. And so as we look here, the big question that we need to ask ourselves is not how we're going to pay for it. How does God expect us to pay for it? He would have never led us to where we are if he didn't know there's a way to make it happen. And today as we gather here to look, I want us to see when David, which God had put it upon his heart to build the temple... And with that burden that God put on him, David was so burdened. He loved the Lord. He loved the worship of God more than any of the people you want to see in the Old Testament. David literally danced one time till he slung his clothes off. Amen. Embarrassed his wife, he praised the Lord. So if anybody wanted a temple to where God could be glorified and his people could come, it was David. He spent his whole king as king preparing for it but God said you're a man of blood you can't do it I'm gonna let your son do it so you just do what you can do so what did David do we're gonna look in verse 1 it says furthermore King David said to all the assembly my son Solomon whom alone God has chosen is young and inexperienced and the work is great because the temple is not for man but for the Lord God folks what we're doing is not for us We'll benefit from it. It's for God. And God gets glory when he's given first place and he's honored. So I want you to think about this as we read this. Look what David says in the next verse. Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might. He didn't say I didn't try a little bit. I gave half. David said, I have prepared with all my might. If you got an NIV, he says, I have prepared and given all of my resources. If you got a New American Standard, he said, I've done it with all of my ability. What he's saying is everything that God has given to me, I've put back into this vision to accomplish what God wants us to do. So the question is, how does God expect us to pay for it? 
We're not king. We're not David. Well, I want you to, we're going to look back at this, but I want you to look at this for me right now. I can tell you how he expects us to pay for it. By honoring him with our possessions and the first fruits of all of our increase. This comes out of Proverbs. If you're a child of God, this applies to you. If you're not born again, you can just get your earbuds and listen to something else. Because you might as well use your money and do all you can get out of it. But if you're a child of God, what we do with our possessions and our increase, not only is it going to affect us here for good, but it's going to prayer us for eternity to bring a reward. And Proverbs says we are the honor of the Lord with our, your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Why? So your borns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That was a, 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 a at that time it was a, People who lived, and they lived by the crop. They were farmers. They were an Aquarian people. But guys, listen, today that applies to us. If you honor the Lord with your possessions, what he blesses you with, and with the first fruits of all your increase, that means the first thing you get when God gives you increase belongs to him, the first fruit. He's promised you that your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with wine. When you find a people, there are times that you can run into hard times. But as a whole, that's the abnormal for the person who honors the Lord. When you find a person who's doing without, when you find a church that's struggling, I can promise you there's a church that's not honoring the Lord with what God's given them. They're not giving God first fruits with all of his increase. So you say, well, we want to honor the Lord with what God's blessed us with. We want to learn how to, to give back to him with the first fruits of all of our increase so that God will bless us, like he said. So how do you do that? How do we honor the Lord with our financial increase? That's a good question. Jesus was asked one day by some Pharisees, and they said, do we have to pay taxes to Caesar? And they was trying to trick him. Now, I want to ask you, how many of you pay the IRS? How many of you say, I ain't paying Uncle Sam? You think that's because you have to. But you think with God you're getting away with it, but you're not. That's why your borns is empty. That's why you don't have something to give to God today. Because I've been in the ministry for a long, long time. I've never had one person come in my office with financial difficulties that's going broke and said, I'm a tither. I don't know what went wrong. You say, well, he tithes because he's rich. No, he's blessed because he tithes, according to the word of God. And guys, listen, how do we honor the Lord? Jesus said, give me a denarius, give me a dollar. Whose inscription is up on it? And they said, Caesar. And he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God's. Right there, Jesus, I'm telling you, was saying, just as you pay taxes to Caesar, you need to give God what's his. What was God's? A tithe, a tenth. Friends, listen, give unto God what is God's, just like you give Uncle Sam what is Uncle Sam's. But guys, listen, when you do that, you honor the Lord. This is the bottom line. I'm here to help you, and I'm here to show you how God blesses his people. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Let's look about that for a minute. What is a tithe? A tithe is a first fruit. A tithe is every time God gives you increase. If you get an increase, if you get possessions, 
God expects you to honor him with the first fruit. I don't know how y'all budget, but you're responsible to God with everything he gives you because he says that we are to honor him with our possessions and some of our increase, all of our increase. So everything we have, we're accountable for, our possessions. You're not to get possessions by going foolishly in debt. You're to get possessions by using what God gives you correctly. You don't get to give him 10% and then do whatever you want with the rest. You're accountable to God to live within your means. And as you learn to live in a godly way, and you use what God gives you to honor him, he blesses you. Now I'm talking to Christians here. If we think we can take God's tithe and God will continue to bless us, we don't believe what we're looking at in the word of God. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, God said. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. The tithe was what you gave on a regular basis with all of your increase. And the tithe in that day went to the storehouse. Look at what he says in this next verse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's what God told them. See, Israel wasn't doing that, and Israel was in trouble. Unlike the times of David when there was abundance, we're going to see, Israel was in a time of poverty as a nation. They were struggling. And Jesus, the Lord said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What is the tithe? The tithe is a tenth of whatever God gives you, and it's a first fruit. You don't give God what's left over if you want to be blessed by God. You give God first. I don't know how your budget works, but if you don't have a budget, I can promise you you're not a godly steward of what he's giving you. He expects us to be godly stewards and use it for his glory and to not only help ourselves, but to help others. And so the first thing that you should give is to God. That's a first fruit. The first fruit of everything, if you go study the tithe, anything they grew, anything they harvest, before they took any of it, they brought the first fruit, the first tithe, to the temple, the storehouse. And you know why they had to do that? Because God had had 12 tribes, and he chose one tribe, the Levites, the Levitical priesthood. They didn't work. Their job was to be the servants of the Lord and minister for the people as the priest. And what they did was they ran the temple or the tabernacle. They were the ones who were responsible to do all the work of the priesthood, to keep the temple up. And so the tithe was put into the storehouse of the temple to operate and keep the temple functioning and doing what God wanted it to do. No tithe, the temple couldn't work. Listen to what he said. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's what God said. He said, when you honor me and you give back to me what is mine. Friends, I'm telling you, a church that is in the red like ours has been for the last five months, Something is not right because God is not doing that to us and he's not doing it to a lot of people in our church. Today, if you're saying, I don't have anything to give toward this, I bet you don't tithe. Because <laughs> if you've been tithing, God's going to give you an abundance to where you have money to invest in what he gives. Because listen, not only did he say, you robbed me of tithes, he says, you also are robbing me of offerings. What was an offering? An offering was this. If you was, had a flock, 
the firstborn of everything in your flock. When that mama had her first calf, you gave it to the Lord as a sacrifice. That was an offering. That had nothing to do with the tithe. That was just to thank God for blessing you with a herd. <laughs> that was just to thank God that he helped your cow have a calf. That was to bless the Lord that his hand was favor was upon you. So every first one for an Israelite, they brought it to the Lord and they sacrificed it. But it also, that sacrifice was to tell, show God that you realized you needed his forgiveness. That you needed to be forgiven of your sins. Friends, listen. God gave us the greatest thing he could ever give. We just sang that song, how we want to become into his presence. Do you know what God did to make it possible for us to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, and even have a thought that it could happen, that we could be in his presence? He gave his one and only son. Not one of his sons, his only begotten son. And the only reason you have a hope today that God would meet here and comfort you and save you if you're lost and give you an access to his kingdom is that he paid a price none of us could pay. And Jesus was the one who gave his life. And the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now he don't ask for a whole lot if you really think about what he asked back. Because I don't know about you, when I look around, he's blessed us with possessions. He's blessed us with increase. None of us can imagine what it was like to be that girl on that video we just seen. Living in a trash heap. Picking up the debris you can find and putting it together to cover you to sleep at night. We are abundantly and we are over our imagination compared to the rest of the world given increase in possessions in America. Now listen, he says, if we'll bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If you look in Malachi, listen what he goes on and says. This is so cool. He says, I will not open the windows and pour for you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. But friends, listen, he's telling us that we are to honor him with what is his. Friends, when you... Think about this. Listen to what he says in the book of Luke. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. I want you to think about that verse for a minute. Luke said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. How many of you have ever bought a bushel of purple whole peas? Now, I don't think Brother John would do this. But you buy a bushel of purple whole peas and they give you a five-gallon bucket full for so much, a lot of them jokers will fluff them up. You'll think you got a bunch and you put them back in your truck and you hit a couple bumps. When you get home, you ain't got but a half a bucket because they settle. But the Lord says right here that give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, packed in there, running over. See, that's what God does when you give. It will be measured back to you according to the measure in which you measure. 2 Corinthians says in verse 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 6, But this I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountiful will also reap bountiful. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, you know, we look at this and, 
We all deep down know God expects us to give. We know God expects us to bless. But look at what it says if you turned with me to Malachi. It says right there, will a man rob God in verse 8, chapter 3. But you have robbed me, he said. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you have robbed me. And look at what he says in verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He says, bring, and he gives us that verse right there. But look when you get under that verse. This is what people don't realize. You think if I don't give my money to Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam's coming, friends. And you'll wish you paid him. We think we can just get away with it from God. Do you think God's up there thinking, that bunch just don't honor me? They don't treat me like God. They just take what they think is mine and use it how they want. Do you think you get away with that? Because look at what he says. He says in verse 11, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Let me tell you, if you're a child of God, you're going to pay. You might think, what do you mean? Dr. Creswell, who pastored First Baptist Dallas, he was asked one day, how many people do you think tithe in your church, Dr. Criswell? He said, everyone that's washed in the blood and filled with the Spirit and is sealed for redemption tithes. He said, some brings it on Sunday in a beautiful act of worship and lays it down in the storehouse of God. And all the others, God collects at the hospitals, in the doctor's office, in the things of life that you never get ahead of. Do you think all the things that happens to you, that's sucking up all the money you thought you was going to get to use when you got old, is an accident? <laughs> See, God loves us enough to teach us. He don't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants you to be able to not trust money, but to trust him. You know what it bottoms down to? I used to think that tithing was an act of obedience. And when we finally started tithing, God showed her first. She said, Marvin, I don't know about you, but we saved. We're going to start tithing. I said, no, we're getting out of debt. Now that we're doing right, we're being good stewards. She says, no, I don't know what you're going to do with your check, but I'm tithing. So I said, all right, we're going to tithe too. So we started tithing. It didn't make any financial sense because we were foolish before we got saved. We owed everybody from Kentucky Finance to you name it. We'd get loans at a 21% interest rate, and then we'd almost have it paid off, and they'd say, because it's almost Christmas and we love you, here's a check for $1,000. We'd say, oh, we're going to have a good Christmas. And we never got out of debt because we was idiots. But when God saved us, we began to realize that what God's blessed us with, we want to use it well. So we was getting out of debt, and boy, we was knocking it out. She said, I'm going to start tithing. So we started tithing. And friends, listen, you know how I ever got in debt with Kentucky Finance? Refrigerator broke. And when my refrigerator broke, I was so broke, I couldn't buy a refrigerator. So here we are with no refrigerator. And I like to eat, even before Jesus. So we went to buy it, and they said, we'll sell it to your own credit. I didn't even ask them anything about interest. I was so desperate, and that's how I see people today. I just said, what's I got to pay a month? If I can pay that. Found out when they said, I'm going to pay it for a month, they meant you're going to pay it till you die or Jesus comes back. You're going to go get out of this. But guys, listen, that's what happens to you when you're not a good steward, when you don't honor God. I can tell you this, I don't make as much money today as a pastor as me and her made back then 
working for Lawler's Barbecue. But I can buy me a refrigerator tomorrow if I need one now. I ain't had to make a stupid loan since. I started honoring God and giving God what is his. We began to give God that tithe and we began to honor God. And even honoring God, God began to show us blessings and favor and increase. And we got out of debt. And I remember when I got that last check, that last payment, I got that check. And I said, I ain't mailing them the last one. I'm going to deliver this last payment in person. And I walked up in Kentucky Finance. I said, I want to tell you folks something. I got saved. And I used to be dumb. But I come to pay this last test, this last payment for you and to tell you, don't waste your stamps with them checks no more. Because I done wisened up to y'all. And I've been set free because I'm a Christian now. And God's blessing me. I shared and paid my life. Listen. God blesses those who bless him, and he curses those who dishonors him and robs him. A church that is struggling financially, something ain't right. But guys, listen, in David's day, they were honoring the Lord. I've told you all of this to get to this best part. How are we going to pay for this? By unleashing our generosity. I'm going to tell you what. David said this after they began the program to collect the money. I just showed you David said I'm going to do it with all my might. I'm going to give everything I can to accomplish this. And when they took up the offering or however they collected it, David was so overwhelmed at what they took up. Listen to what he said. Who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own we have given you. And listen to this next one. Oh, Lord God. All this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Did you notice David said the reason we can give so willingly, the reason we can offer so abundantly, because we know it ain't ours. We know it came from you. The person who lives his life like everything he's got is his will always not have what he wants. The person who lives understanding that everything is God's. I want you to look at what he did when he says that we have prepared to build you all this abundance that we have prepared. Look at what it says David gave. Back where we were, look back here at, at chapter 1. I mean chapter 29. Look at verse 1. Guys, this is unbelievably generosity. Listen to what he says. Now the house of my God I have prepared with all my might. Look at what he says. Gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things to be made of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, ox stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, and all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. He said, as king, I have used the resources of the kingdom, that's the church, to get all that I can to put toward this vision to build this temple. So he used the resources. You know, as the church, we've got $30,000 that already God's given us to put toward this that we've taken together. But David went beyond that. Look at what he says in verse 3. Moreover, though, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. And look at what he says. My own special treasure of gold and silver. David said, I'm not just going to expect the church to pay for it. I'm taking from my own special silver. And look at what he says. I know this bores us. We hate it. We, I, I, that's why I hate to preach it. 
But guys, I'm telling you, the word of God is the word of God. And no church is going to have anything that God blesses us with without us honoring the Lord with our finances. Look at what it says they gave. David gave 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of this house. The gold for the things of gold and the silver for the things of silver and for all the kinds of work to be done by the hands of the craftsman who then is willing to consecrate themselves this day to the Lord. That's what David asked them. Who's willing to consecrate themselves today to accomplish what God's wanting us to do? Now, we were willing to vote. <laughs> we were willing to say, that's what we think we need to do, preacher. But will we consecrate ourselves today to the point we consecrate our finances? Because they did. David said, that's what I'm going to give. This is what we've collectively got so far. And listen to what the leaders said in verse 6. The leaders of the fathers' houses, the leaders of the tribes of the Israel, the captains of the thousands and the hundreds with the officers, over the king's work, offered willingly. Offered willingly. And look what they gave. They outgave David. They gave to the work of the house. Look at verse 7. They gave for the work of the Lord, the house of God, 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord. Then the people didn't look like we like to look. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. When I read that, I say, I wonder how much that was. It was a lot more than 39,000. It was a lot more than 85,000. Friends, you want to know about how much it was? I looked it up in the, the Bible commentary dictionary I had it says that those 3,000 talents of gold that David gave was 110 tons of gold you say well gold wasn't worth as much back then as it is now it was worth a lot my friend look at this the 7,000 talents of silver was 260 tons of silver 5,000 talents of gold that the leaders gave was 190 tons 10,000 derricks of gold was 185 pounds of gold and it was in bars, it was derricks. It was worth even more. It was purified already. Look at this. 10,000 talents of silver was 375 tons of silver. 18,000 talents of bronze was 675 tons. Now, I want you to listen to this. The gold, silver, and bronze that David and the leaders gave in verses 4 and 7 weighed a massive total of more than 46,610 tons. Of gold, silver, and bronze. And listen to what it says. Not counting the other metals, the precious stones, and the lumber. That's why they built Solomon's temple, the greatest thing they ever built on earth. That everyone glorified and looked at and said, it's a seventh wonder of the world. The temple was what the center of all their society was built around. And you might not believe this. But today, the center of Bethany community ought to be the house of God, the church. And when you let it look like any old other church down the road, it just blends in. But when you say, Lord, for your glory, I'm giving all the silver, all the gold. I'm giving all the bronze. I'm giving it all back to you, Lord, because it's yours anyway. 
I wouldn't have breath to breathe if you didn't wake me up. I wouldn't have health to get up and work if you didn't give me strength. I wouldn't even be able to know you had you had not come and found me and loved me with the church. Your people preached the truth and I heard the truth. Your people prayed for me and your spirit drew me and I don't go to hell today. I've been changed. I'm born again. I got a new heart. I got a new mind. I'm different. Amen. All because of you. And Lord, I would have nothing if it wasn't for an old rugged cross on Calvary. Because what does it profit a man to gain the whole entire stinking world and loseth his soul and leave here lost and going to hell? And friends, I don't know about you, we're not investing in us. We're investing in him. We're not investing in for just to have a beautiful building or to build a church. We're investing in souls. How much is a soul worth? How much is a community worth? How much is a family that gets saved and a daddy gets saved and a mama gets saved and a child gets discipled? And they have the hope and glory of Christ. Families all over have fell to the trap of Satan and the materialism of what this old world is. And they're, they're empty. Have you figured out yet? All the possessions in the world cannot make you happy you can have the biggest truck you can have the finest boat to pull and you can back it into the best shed you ever backed it into and have all the things you dream stored up in it but one day my friend you leaving it all behind one day somebody else gonna drive your truck fish out your boat sit in your big recliner watch your big screen tv and probably marry your wife if you die young enough brother where are you gonna be up there in heaven saying, Lord, look what all I bought. Look what all I had. God said, yeah, you had a lot of stuff, but you sure didn't have nothing in eternity. I don't know about you. Jesus says to not what? Not build your treasures here on earth where rust or thief come and steal, but to build your treasures in heaven where they cannot be stolen. I'm not here to tell you to do something I'm not willing to do. I'm here to tell you to do something that God will bless you back for it tenfold if you do it. Because I want you to see something. David did this. And look what it says. Unleashed generosity. What does it look like? Verse 9. Then the people rejoiced. And they had offered willingly. Because with a loyal heart. They had offered willingly to the Lord. Not to David. Not to the church. And then King David also rejoiced greatly. Now I want you to look at something. Unleashed generosity is contagious. Look at this. I know also, David says in verse 17, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here today offer willingly to you also. You know what David said? I'm going to go first. Not only am I worked as your king to use our resources wisely, to invest in a temple that will bring glory to our God, that will benefit us, that our priest will be able to use so that we can bring sacrifices and offerings so that we can worship the Lord. But I also have saved my personal treasures and I've invested all of them. And when they seen that, then his leaders said, Amen, Brother David, we're going to invest with you. And they gave more than even him. Then the people gave also. And David said, 
For as for me, and the uprising of my heart, I was willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people also present. Present here today, offer willingly to you. You know, today we look at this, Jesus said this, not Brother Marvin. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's always more blessed. You know why? Look at this. Corey Tenboom said, the measure of a life, after all, is not in its duration, but in its donation. When you leave earth, the measure of life is not how long you got to live here, but how much you was able to give here. It's not what you live, it's what you give that in the end matters more than anything else. Because guess what? All you're living for here will end. Can't take nothing with it. The old saying, I ain't seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul yet. Amen? I ain't seen no cemeteries behind the What's them storage buildings? But I see cemeteries by the church house. In Mississippi, we had one. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but what matters in the end is not what we got into storage. It's what we have put back into the church, the body of Christ for his glory that goes with us. Look at this. Randy Alcorn said this. He said, the more you give, the more comes back to you. Because God is the greatest giver in the universe and he won't let you outgive him. Go ahead and try. See what happens. <laughs> Have you tried to outgive him lately, folks? Man, I'm telling you, God is awesome. He's unbelievable. Look at this. You say, well, how much do we need to give, preacher? I can't tell you what to give, but I can tell you what C.S. Lewis said. He said, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give, but I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. <laughs> How many of you had to give something away before when God told you, help that person, give that away? You said, but God, that's my last dollar. And you gave to him, and then before you knew it, he gave you something else. Look at this. Proverbs, guys, you can't deal with Proverbs. That's the wisdom book. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, and he only suffers want. You know what I find? The more I give to God, the more God gives back. And so, I'm going to tell you, I asked you a question in the beginning. How are we going to pay for moving to the multi-purpose building? And I said, a better question is, how does God expect us to pay for it? The only way it will ever happen is if we unleash our generosity. That's the only way. It's not just going to happen without all of us saying, God, you've been good to me. I'm going to be good to you. God, you've blessed me. I'm going to bless you. You know, I've studied. I've been taught by the committee and they all their hearts are as pure and want God to be honored and they want this to move forward how are we going to do this preacher how are we going to do it how are we going to do a capital funds campaign are we going to have pledge cards I ain't found a pledge card nowhere in the Bible I ain't found a capital fund I just showed you God's capital fund plan his plan is for us to honor him with our tithe and pay it in the storehouse and everything you'll already have because you can't give what already belongs to God to the offering the tithe is God's. That goes in the storehouse. That goes into the church to keep it operating. What we're going to give to this is an offering. It's above and beyond out of the possessions and the increase that God's blessed us with that we honor him with. And guys, you know what? God's already shown me you can't outgive him. See, I've got these little pieces of paper for some of you if you want to. And it would help us to be able to figure how we can get started. But this is totally if you want to. You can write your pledge on here if you want. And you can write your name if you want or not. But what I did, I'm going to tell you what we've done. I'd been praying. 
I told Diane, we're going to give $1,000. She said, there ain't no way. It's Christmas. I said, God, we're going to do it. We're going to take half of it out of our savings, which ain't much. And then we're going to trust God for the other half. She said, it's right on top of Christmas. I was planning on using that little bit of savings to add to Christmas. I said, God will make a way. I had told her this just last week. And this week, I was going to give a check tonight for $500. And I was going to write, I would have the other five at least, if not more, by the first, to me, Christmas, for my gift to Jesus for Christmas this year. And you know what God did? My God is so amazing. Brother Dennis blesses me very well to preach for him. He had me scheduled for December the 12th to preach. And so my way of thinking is, Lord, that'll be half of that. And I can come up with the other. And by Christmas, I'll scratch up that other 500. Because I'm going to tell you, by the time we pay house notes, electric bills, things break down. Brother Marvin's hunting right now, a lot more gas. I got them too. And I said, that'll work. Man, Dennis texts me Thursday morning. He said, brother, could you preach for me tonight? I said, yes, sir, for numerous reasons. First, I'd done committed to go see Trump, and it was raining. And I said, you know, I'd like to go see Trump, but I sure don't want to stand in the rain. I was sitting there in the chair looking out that big window by that new gas logs. And I said, boy, this sure is nice. They said they're meeting up at 12. I'm going to have to stand out in this to go to Trump. Boy, I wish I could get out of Trump. I was thinking that when my phone went off. Dennis said, could you preach for me? Yes, sir, I can preach for you. So I went and preached for him, and I'm thinking, oh, man, God, you're so good. You got me out of going to Trump. Not that I didn't want to go see Trump if it had been good weather, but I didn't want to stand in the rain for him. So the way I looked at it, Trump got trumped. I'd rather preach than go to Trump, amen? But you know what Jesus showed me? He said, not only did you get out of that, but now you got some more of your money. You see, God can fix us, and he can make it available. So what I got right here is Marvin and Diane Cooper, total pledge 1,000, and whatever else I can come up with between now and Christmas, I'm going to pledge. So I'm going to give 750 tonight with a check. That means I'm going to owe God $250 on my vow. Now, let me remind you this. The Bible said it's better to not make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it. So don't put this on here unless you really mean it. Now, some of us tonight can write your check. And we'll just say that's what it is. Some of us, like me, are just doing the best you can. Now, guys, listen, don't let the devil tell you, I don't have enough to make a difference. Because it's not how much that you give. It's the motive of being willingly to offer it. Let me tell you something. You can be tithing every Sunday and be such a stippler to tithe that you even tithe on things like mint, little herbs, and cumin and not be right with God. You know what Jesus told some people that was very religious, who were very well off? Some Pharisees, Jesus told them, you legalistic Pharisees. He says, you take and you swallow, you straight out a gnat and you swallow a camel. You even tithe on your mint and your cumin. But you know what else he told them? He says, but you're greedy 
and you're ungodly. And he told them that they were materialistic. Friends, listen, you know what? They were given to the treasury one day, and they gave out of all their access. It didn't hurt them to tithe. They were very wealthy. But they had one little lady who didn't have anything but one penny. And she gave one penny and put it in there. You know what Jesus said? She just gave more than all of them put together. You know why? She gave what she didn't have. They gave what they didn't even care. It didn't hurt them. Friends, listen. When we unleash our generosity, it's a guarantee that God will give us this. I'm going to tell you this. Y'all going to say this preacher's crazy. We're going to have the 39,000 at least by Christmas. Or you can forget the whole plan ever coming to bear. If we can't come up with that by Christmas, we're where we're going to stay. Because I believe God is bigger than what we think he is. When I ride around this community and I go around and see what we got, we all have more than enough to put in God's offering and do what we need to do. Tonight, I'm just going to ask you, pray, ask God what he wants you to do. I got some of these little pieces of paper somewhere around here. What have I done with them? Oh. If you want one, I'm going to have it on the way out this morning. Get you one. Write it on here. Go home, pray. Talk to your wife. Come back tonight. And what we're going to do, we're going to sit. We ain't taking up an offering. We're going to just sit the bucket. And we're going to say tonight when we take up the offering, this is for to go to the back. And just give what you can give tonight. If you got to pray all week, I understand. I've been praying about this. You don't make a hastily decision. And when we come back next week, we'll write down what we collected today and tonight. And we'll have it up here. And we'll see where we're at. And if Jesus is who Jesus is, before Christmas, it's going to hit that 39,000 mark. Now, how many of you believe that? Amen. I told you, God told me we already got it. He gave it to us a long time ago. He's just waiting for us to willingly Offer it back. And you know what will happen? My little thousand and somebody else's little $25 here, maybe 500 here. Somebody might even write one. And you know what will happen? We'll have more than enough. Can you imagine how much money that had to have been (laughs) even in their day? You know why most of our Baptist churches stay small? They think small. They serve a little God, a limited God, and they're limited in what they experience. Whatever we give back to God, he will give back to us. Amen? This morning, we cannot close without an invitation. So what I want to ask you, before we leave, do you know for sure you're saved this morning? Because what does it matter we do all of this if you're in here and you're not born again? You know, we're going to take a moment to pray. And I'm going to ask anybody who will be willing to come to this altar today and ask God for his favor. Ask God to bless us because I want to hear the heart of David before we close. Listen to what David prayed. This is unbelievable. Read it with me. In verse 10, David said, Therefore David blessed the Lord. That's what prayer is. And he did it before all the assembly. And David said, You know why this happened? Look how David thought about his God. He said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel. 
our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Did you hear that? Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And then listen to what he says. Now therefore our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. They gave it to God and they're thanking God. And here's what he says, verse 14. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this for all things come from you and of your own we have given back. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you as were our fathers, as our days on earth or as shadow and without hope. Look at what he says. As our days on earth or as a shadow and without hope. O oh Lord our God. All this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. David understood, I'm just giving back what's yours, God. And as we do that part, God will do his. Amen. Let's stand together. Father in heaven, today we gather. And as David, Lord, rejoiced, I know there's a day of rejoicing coming. I know right now we're praying and we're seeking. Many of us are wondering, but Lord, I know one thing. Everything is yours. You said the cattle on a thousand hills belong unto you. And so, Lord, as we come, I thank you for these people. I thank you for the opportunity that you've gave us. Lord, we ain't sat in an empty church in a long time. You've drawn a people here, and you've blessed us, so help us now bless you. As we give back, Lord, if there's one here right now who's never been saved, I pray that you'd help them to come forward and say, I need Jesus. Lord, there's probably some here that don't have a church home. Lord, if they would want to come here and help us to accomplish your will and serve you here, I pray that they would come today and be saved and join this church. And Lord, we just ask you now to meet with us as we stand and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.